Okay, welcome everybody. Um, I am, of course, Jason Simons, for most of you who don't know me. Um, I am the men's ministry director here at Oregon Trail Church. And um, this is Celebration Sunday, as Kim mentioned. Celebration Sunday is an awesome time. We, um, we uh, come together as families, worship together. We normally reserve these Sundays, too, for baptisms and, and, and dedications and fun things like that. Um, so, we'll just get going here today. So, um, Pastor Brian asked me if I would start this new sermon series for him on the book of Colossians in his, in his absence, and I'm honored to do so, and um, we're going to get going with that here in a few minutes. But first, I have to do a survey. I love surveys. That's how I get to know everybody really well. If you've been to Men's Breakfast, I do surveys on Men's Breakfast a lot. So by a show of hands here, who of you here have written a letter of encouragement, and we have to include emails, to somebody just for the simple fact that they need encouragement? Show me who you have. Yes. Praise God. Lots of people. Lots of people. That's awesome. And maybe some of you that have written those letters say, actually, I do that a lot. I write lots of letters, and I'm pretty good at it. Well, praise God for that, too, because I am not. I'm not good at it. I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm not, afraid, I'm not good at the encouragement thing. And as we learned a few weeks ago when we were talking about spiritual gifts, we learned that encouragement is a spiritual gift. And one that I don't have. It's not high on my list anyway. We can pray for that. But we do have other gifts. And as Pastor told us in that message, that we can use those gifts to show love to other people. So that's what I hope the Lord does through me. Um, so this got me thinking. I was thinking a little bit, if I don't have that spiritual gift of encouragement, but yet I want to write a letter to somebody, I want to be encouraging to somebody, how do I do it? What do I do? So I did what any normal adult in today's technological world would do. I asked Google. Come on, don't laugh, you guys. I know you guys have asked Google many things. So I did, I Googled it. How to write an encouraging, a letter of encouragement. Would you be surprised if I told you there was instructions that came up on how to do it? There was. And I'm going to share them with you briefly this morning because I, got, I thought they were kind of interesting. So, Google how to write a letter of encouragement. This is what comes up. Step one, consider the purpose of your letter. Let that sink in. We just Googled how to write a letter of encouragement, and the step one is to consider the purpose of your letter. So, Okay, we want a letter of encouragement. Step two, give yourself time to do it. Okay, I guess that's okay advice, but the person needs encouragement, so you don't want to take too much time. Decide the type of letter you want to send. I thought we covered that already. But anyway, that's fine. It says include a personal touch. Not 100% sure what that would be. Maybe I could handwrite it. Problem is, is you wouldn't be able to read it, and so that would not be encouraging. Add a quote, okay? Step six, ask what your friend needs and offer what you can do. I like that. That's actually good advice. That's good work there. And step seven, of course, read over your letter. Reread it. So not terrible advice, right? Not terrible. Not, it's kind of vague. Not real helpful to me. I was thinking, well, that, that really didn't do what I needed it. <clears throat> so at this point, you're probably asking yourself, all right, Jason, where are you going with this? Well, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked. You see, when looking at the book of Colossians, that's what we're looking at here. We're looking at a letter that Paul wrote to a church in Colossae. And this letter that he wrote 
is just a beautiful letter of love and encouragement that he wrote. And here's what's important to kind of remember about this, first of all. Paul knew nobody in this church. He knew a couple of the church leaders, but he didn't know anybody at this church. He had never really even been there. Um, and um, Paul didn't plant this church. This wasn't one of his churches that he planted. We know that Paul planted around 16 churches in the New Testament, but this wasn't one of them. This church was filled up with mostly Gentiles. And to top it all off, Paul was literally chained to a Roman guard day and night when he wrote this letter of encouragement. So, right about now I'm asking, how did Paul do this? How did he do it? How did he write this letter to a group of people he didn't know, he'd never met, all without the help of Google? Well, I'll tell you how he did it, guys. He did it with the love of Christ. Maybe Paul had the gift of encouragement. I think he probably did. But you see, the love of Christ is what really shows up through this book. And the one part I really want to focus on this morning is this prayer that he prays in the book, in the very first chapter. Um, so if you have your Bibles, you can turn with us this morning, and we're going to uh, read through this together. If you're watching with us online, um, please read along with us as we go through this. And we're going to look at this, uh, this bit of chapter here, and we'll, we'll kind of break it down a little bit. So we have not stopped praying for you since we first heard about you. We ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. Okay, I'm going to stop right there for just a second. Let those words sink in that he just said. We're, we ask God to give you complete knowledge of his will and spiritual wisdom and understanding. Man, I wish somebody would pray that for me. I want complete knowledge of his will. Who doesn't want complete knowledge of his will, right? I thought, man, alive, is that awesome. But why? Why do you want that? Well, it goes on to say, then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. Here's another important one to remember. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you may have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father who has enabled you to share in his inheritance that belongs to his people, who live in the light, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear Son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Wow, right? Talk about encouragement. Man, that was just, that's just so uplifting to me. This letter, of Col this letter that Paul writes in Colossians, it goes on. Chapter 2, Paul talks about the law being replaced. Chapter 3, he talks about us being made new in Christ. And chapter 4, he sums up his letter with some requests. But I'm going to focus still on this first part of this chapter. And this is the chapter of faith, love, and hope. Because that's what we're talking about here, guys. That's what we're talking about this morning. We're talking about loving people the way God has asked us to love people. Okay? So last week, if you were here with us, Pastor was uh, finished up his last series, and he was talking about relationships. And he used Matthew 22, verses 37-38. that says, um, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. 
There's another part that goes with that, verses 39 and 40. It says, and a second, and equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. I love how he did that there, right? I love how Jesus did that. Because he gave us this important commandment, and then he gave us another one and said, this is equal, guys, right? This is the one that's important, but equally important is this one right here. Because that's exactly what Paul is doing. That's exactly what Paul's doing here is he's loving people, even people he's never met. He's loving them. And I know what you're going to say here, right? You're going to tell me, come on, Jason, it's Paul, right? Paul, most famous guy in the Bible almost, next to Jesus, wrote most of the New Testament. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Paul was an amazing man, right? He was an amazing man of God. He was an amazing man chosen by God. But in the end, he was just that, just a man. No more, no less, a flawed fallen, sinful human. And honestly, I look out over this group here today and I see an entire room full of Pauls and Paulettes. Right? They're here, guys. We have that power. We have that power and God gave it to us. (laughs) So how do we do it? We talked about how Paul did it. How do we do it? Because honestly, this is an area that I can use some more help. And maybe you might say the same thing. Yeah, Jason, I could probably use some more help too. And let's face it, people don't make it very easy to love them sometimes, do they? No, that's just me, maybe, I don't know. (laughs) Well, I'm going to tell you how we can do it. We can't. How's that one for you? We can't without God. We can't do this on our own. This isn't something we get to take credit for. This isn't something we get to do. But when we allow... Christ to dwell in our hearts, then that love will show through us. And I use that term allow because that's important here. We have to allow that. Because on the opposite side, that is something we cannot allow. That's something that we can say, nope, I'm not going to do that. So we have to choose to allow God to dwell in our hearts and let that love come through us. Later on in Colossians in chapter 3, Paul says in his letter, And he tells us why it's important for us to make this choice, right? He says, since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. Oh, that's a tough one. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let that peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. As for members of one body, we are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Man, what a powerful scripture piece verse that is, right? That's one that I hang on to. I have that highlighted and underlined in my Bible. I I go back to that one. But here's something to think about with that. That's not just awesome scripture. That is Paul literally describing to us the character of God right there. God is not going to ask us to do something that he already hasn't done for all of us. Just so we're clear on that. And the sad, sad reality of it is, folks, there's very little we can do on our own except mess things up. Maybe that's just me again. I don't know. (sighs) 
So in, in Matthew, I'm kind of jumping around here a little bit, but in Matthew, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he had just um, answered a question for somebody, and his disciples were flabbergasted at his answer. And it says, the disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved? They ask him. And Jesus looks at them with this stoic look. I can see it says it. Humanly speaking, it's impossible. But with God, everything is possible. With God, everything is possible. That is the answer. That's the answer we're looking for. This isn't something we can do, right? This comes down to surrendered hearts. Surrendering your heart. Allowing God to do this through us. But the great news is, is that Jesus did give us this power, right? He gave us the power to do this, and we know this. Because in Mark, he tells us that we have this power. In Mark, chapter 11, 22 and 23, then Jesus said to his disciples, have faith in God. Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe that it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. Jesus is literally telling us here that we have the power to move mountains. So don't tell me that we can't love people through him. I know we can do that. So as I'm kind of, you know, pastor asked me to kind of keep this a little bit short and sweet for you guys this morning because it is Celebration Sunday. So as I kind of tried to start bringing the plane down, down the hill, um, I do challenge you guys this morning. I am going to challenge you guys with something. But before I get there, I'll tell you a quick little story. Pastor Brian and I were talking some time ago, and he was telling me about, um, about a situation he was in. If you've been in our church for 10 minutes, you know that Pastor Brian loves golf. It's his passion, right? It's one of his things that he loves to do. Pastor Brian plays, on a golf, plays in a golf league, okay? And he plays, um, he plays with a bunch of guys that aren't church members, um, they don't go to church. And that's by design, right? And I think it's an awesome thing that he does because let's face it, guys, we can't love people if we're not out there with them. And so he was telling me the story of a person that he, um, that he golfs with that um, was having some really rough time in his life, and he shared it all with Pastor Brian. And later in the week, um, Pastor Brian was talking to him on the phone, and Pastor tells him, well, you know, I prayed for you. I prayed for you for what's going on. And the guy who's not a church member thought, man, that's amazing, right? Thank you for praying for me. It was, an awesome, it was an awesome response that he gave. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was an awesome response that he gave. So as our worship team starts working their way back up, I'm going to challenge you guys this morning. I'm going to challenge you guys to pray for somebody this week. I'm going to ask you guys to pray, for God, pray to God to give you somebody to pray for. Maybe somebody's already come to your mind as we've been talking this morning. Maybe somebody's popped into you and you're like, oh yeah, I need to pray for that person. <clears throat> but I want you to pray for somebody this week that needs it. That's part one. Part two of this challenge is after you've prayed that prayer for somebody, tell them you prayed for them. Let them know you prayed for them. Let them know that you were thinking about them and that you love them and that you're encouraging them, okay? Guys, we have this power to love people. Even the difficult ones, we have the power to do it. 
We're going to let God's love show through us. We're going to let God's love shine through us. But maybe this morning you're going to say to yourself or say to me, you know, Jason, I, I do want to pray for somebody, but right now I can't wait. I need prayer this morning. Maybe you're going to say, I'm facing this. Maybe you're saying, I'm challenged with this. I've got this coming at me. I'm focusing on this. But my challenge to you this morning is this week, find somebody, pray for somebody, and let them know you pray for them. And love them. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for being here this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you touch each and every person here this morning. We do want to love like God commands us to, Lord. And our human bodies make that difficult at times. I pray that you just sweep through and touch each person here. I pray that you just move in their lives so miraculously that they're just like, without doubt, Lord, it's you and the glory goes to you. I pray for a sweeping reform in here. Thank you, Lord, for this time that we can come together. Thank you for this message of love, Lord. Thank you for loving us first. Thank you for choosing us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We praise you. Be with this congregation, Father. Guide them as they go. In Jesus'